0: Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Armand Samioa. I'm a youth support specialist from Antelope Valley Partners for Health, and I'm here with my team. Uh, We're just here to speak about uh, social media and um, its impact on people, especially the youth. Uh,
1: Hello, everyone. My name is David Pedraza. I'm the program manager for the youth services department. And like Armand said, we're just excited to really get this conversation going and I'll let someone else introduce themselves.
2: Hi, I'm Jillian Stebbins, and I am a youth community ambassador with AVPH. And my name is Melissa Camacho, youth support
3: specialist here at AVPH.
1: All right, so we pretty much just wanted to dialogue. We're kind of gonna just dialogue between us all uh, just about what social media looked like during COVID and how it really impacted a lot of young people during COVID. But just kind of going around here real quick, what is the main social media platform that everyone is using in this little square right here of Zoom?
2: I use mainly Instagram, mostly to talk to my friends. Um I also use TikTok and YouTube pretty regularly. I right. Ditto, Jillian. I'm
3: I think mine goes TikTok then Instagram then YouTube. If I'm on my computer, YouTube is playing in the background the whole time um instagram i'll delete it from time to time so I'd, I'd say youtube and tiktok are my top two
0: yeah the same my main one would probably be instagram uh, i think facebook just because how you can link them you know how whenever you post on instagram goes to facebook but i never really go on it except to talk to family um uh, but other than that uh, youtube Uh, not so much for commenting, but just, uh, checking out, um, videos really, like just there, there's so much to learn on YouTube.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? During COVID, YouTube became my best friend. I learned how to, uh, properly hang pictures on walls so that they don't (laughs) fall through the drywall. I learned how to really work on my car. I learned how to cook different dishes. Um, for me, it's Instagram and YouTube, I feel like it's equal. And I feel like I phased out Facebook. And I was wondering why I did that, but it seems like Facebook's more about groups, um, these long posts. And I don't know about anyone here, but if I see a long post, I won't read it. It's just way too long. Like I already read enough for college and everything. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to read a long post. Just show me something cheerful. And yeah, it's just interesting. But, and then TikTok. Uh, my daughter was teaching me how to do the TikTok dances, which I'm horrible at. But yeah, what, true. yeah.
0: I feel like that's the hard thing. Um, I think for all ages too, not just young. Uh, that's why memes are so popular. It's so quick to relay, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, a lot of information just in a quick picture. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes I feel like, like when I post, sometimes I want to write more because I just like to write. But, uh, you know, sometimes it needs more than a meme, For personally for me.
2: Yeah, I actually, I really like long posts that are about people's lives. So Mm -hmm. someone who like describes what their day is like, or has like a blog um, type thing, account on Instagram. I like those a lot. Um, But if it's like long and it it requires a lot of focus to read or is like important, then it's like, no. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what, on, on Facebook, there's a lot of um, fathers that I follow. So sometimes, like, when I just need a little pick-me-up and some motivation, um, sometimes I will read their long posts. But then you have those people that post that long thing every day. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, how deep is your life where you're posting, like, <laughs> two two to three paragraphs every day? But, hey, uh, more power to you, I guess.
3: Yeah. 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 I, th- I feel like for me, like, when I see long posts, especially on Instagram – is what is the picture is what tells me if I'm going to read the rest of it. If it's like something really cool, I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. So I'll go and I'll read the whole thing. If it's just like something random, then I'm like, this is whatever. I won't take the time to read it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I miss really cool posts
2: because of that. Actually, yeah. yeah, I send I send a lot of posts to my friend Valeria And um, she will get on me if I did not read the comment. She'll like make a reference to the comment or talk about the comment. And I'm like, I did not see that. (laughs) And, and so, yeah, it's like, it really depends on the post. Cause sometimes I will like totally read like three paragraphs, four paragraphs, and then other times they'll be like nothing. Absolutely none of it.
1: Yeah. And, and kind of going into that, Julian, I know we actually just spoke to a local high school not too long ago. And we asked them what social media, platform they're on, about 84% of, I believe it was like 1,200 students all said Instagram, which yeah. was really overwhelming when you look at the data in that percentage of that many students. And a lot of students were also just sharing with us what you just said, Julian, when you don't like the post, when you don't comment on the post, and then you could see like someone saw it So now there's like these emotions building up. Oh, are they mad at me? What's going on? Why didn't they comment? Should I text them? You know what? I'm not going to like theirs, especially during COVID that was happening a lot. I mean, it still goes on, but that was the use way of like kind of connecting. Have you ever dealt with that Jillian where some people like might misread something that's not even said in a comment where they think you're mad at times?
2: I mean, yeah, it happens all the time. I think one of the best examples of that is probably when, um, you know, I was, my friend and I were talking about someone from um, like our mutual past, like from middle school. And we wanted to find a post of all of us together. And so we scrolled all the way back and we accidentally liked a post from like 2016. And it was, it was that moment of this shouldn't be a big deal because this is literally like a picture of us but it's terrifying to think like, oh my God, they know we've been looking at their posts from 2016. And so it's a whole, there's a whole culture surrounding stuff like that, you know, like like double texting and things like that. Like I double text all the time mm-hmm. and people think I'm like desperate for it or whatever, but it's just like, that's the best way I organize my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So what, what what
1: is double text? Can you break that down? I, for sure. was just I feel that. old right now. What is double text? Really? So double know.
2: texting is when you will, like you'll send a message and then immediately you'll send another message. Mm-hmm so if you're you're, a lot yeah same so if you're making plans to like meet up you'll be like okay yeah I'm on my way there and then like thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up um and if that's not in the same message it sends it sends like a different message than if it were all in one message yeah um (laughs) or if or if you're like talking about two or three different topics I guess that would be like a reasonable uh reason to double text but for the most for the most part If if you're talking to someone you don't know very well, you only want to send one text message at a time,
3: which is stressful. Um, That's very different than the double text that I knew about. So for me, that's just people don't like when you send multiple conversation bubbles. But that's how Mm -hmm. we talk in real life. You know, you you don't just say one big thing. And you're like, okay, now respond. You send it in different bubbles. Mm-hmm. And so for me, double texting when I was in high school was if I send someone a message and they don't respond, if I send another one, that's double texting. And you never wanted to double text like that.
1: Is there like a crazy math formula for d- double texting? Because I could, see <laughs> yeah. could go down some yeah. different rabbit trails.
2: Because <laughs> especially, especially cool. if someone like leaves you on red, and it's... It, if they leave you on red for a short period of time and you respond after a short period of time, it's like obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. So if you you definitely do not want to double text, if they leave you on red, but if they, if they leave you on red and it's been like three days and it's like super important, then you have to be like, okay, well, what's going on here. Yeah. So
0: how, how do you know you're on red? What, what is this on uh, Instagram or just regular texting?
2: Um, I have, it depends on the, um, the, platform a lot of platforms have like built-in red receipts and instagram is one of them i think snapchat has them mm-hmm. oh, um I got and you. i, I have red receipts on red. oh no <laughs> yeah i have red receipts on for my texts just so that my parents yeah. know when i'm when i've seen their text message and how yeah. to respond um but it, it depends on the platform some of them it's optional some of them it's not
0: mm-hmm. yeah I don't, I don't like when people turn that off because i'll have it on and it's like, and it's kind of dangerous, because it's like, if you don't respond, it's like, the person knows you read it, but you mm-hmm. just didn't respond yet. And now it's awkward. But if the other person doesn't have it on, you just don't know. And it's like, but but it's weird. Like you said, Jillian, it's but like you're saying, there's a lot of rules. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know.
3: <laughs> but it's like, it's rules that we made for ourselves. So it's mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Do do you think even talking about all this, like even going into this conversation, I didn't think we were going to talk about any of this right now. This is a lot. (laughs) Do you think like the younger generation, do you think there's a a sense of almost like awareness and mindfulness that they need to know when they're investing too much of themselves and when they're almost, I don't want to like neglect like that it's important to them, but like almost that they care too much. Or response: Do you think there's like that fine line, and how do we become aware of that?
2: I mean, there definitely is. There definitely is a fine line, and I think more and more people are becoming aware of it. I think for my generation, especially, it's like we were raised on the internet. We were given the internet at a very young age, and we're seeing the effects of, you know, before we had like internet safety training at schools. Yeah. Um, you know, and before all of this stuff was happening, like in the public consciousness, it was happening in our minds. Mm -hmm. And so it's this, it's like this culture that we're so seeped in is just starting to get recognition. And it's just starting to, you know, people are starting to talk about these rules. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, you know, in the past it was like, they exist, but we're not gonna talk about them. And mm-hmm. so I think now more than ever, people are becoming aware of like, okay, this is, you know, social media burnout. And this is what happens with, um, you know, what happens because everyone is on the internet all the time. And there are all of these little rules that you need to know. And there are um, like tone indicators are a thing now and all this kind of stuff that didn't used to be a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, def- definitely. So- social media has grown into its mm-hmm. own world. I mean, we look at different things. I mean, there's even like the metaverse. Now there's all kinds of stuff. There's stock. (laughs) You can invest in stocks through social media. I mean, everything has grown into such a category of like its own. Like I don't think anyone expected it to be this, you know, Mm -hmm. but kind of going into social media, what, what breaks do you take from social media where you could just kind of be in your own space, um, clear your head a little bit. And do you find that time challenging where you're, you're thinking, um, what does it look like when I refresh? Like who else is posting right now? Do you find yourself having trouble to get into that space?
2: I find it, I'm kind of an exception because I find social media, I use it. A lot of people do this. They just scroll mindlessly. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have as much of the FOMO because a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. aren't super, um, you know, they don't post a lot, even if they're active a lot. Um, so I don't have a lot of like group chats that I'm missing out on or, or things like that that are not, um, you know, if they're important, I know they're important before I will, before I turn off my social media. So I don't typically have the social aspect of the FOMO, but it's absolutely like, it's easy to just like sit down or lay down on my bed and just scroll through TikTok for like four (laughs) hours after (laughs) school, instead of like finding something else to do. Um, and it's, it's kind of, It's kind of like an active boredom because, you know, you're not fully engaged with what's going on, but you're also, you're just engaged enough to be, um, aware, you know, and, and recognize and and interacting with this stuff, but you're not fully engaged. A lot of times it's not super beneficial to any, you know, aspect of your life. You know, sometimes it is. Um, but if you're just scrolling mindlessly and not like actively thinking about everything you're consuming, it's usually not.
1: It, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I'll bounce it to Melissa and Armand after, but it's, it's definitely different. I know from myself, I'm going to date myself right now, but I was raised in the age of pagers and then eventually two-way pagers came out on my two-way pager people out there. Um, <laughs> let me know what's up. But, uh, and we had the cell phones where the only game we had on it was the snake where you're just going, um, in and out, try not to, yeah, you know, but it's just so different, and I say that because there's a lot of people that always say, "Well, when I was younger, uh, we would have never had this or done that. Yeah, I remind them like you wouldn't have because you weren't raised in that generation, you weren't raised in that time now, so I kind of feel for young people also, you know they're kind of born with the world at their fingertips, um, which can be a good thing, you know, it's not all bad, but at the same time, there's all kinds of stuff. What does our political season look like? Uh, different wars going on, social justice things, you know, that young people need to use their voices for sure. But it's a lot. It's Mm -hmm. definitely a lot. And that's kind of why I bring up like, when do you take a break? When do you get into your own space to kind of clear your head a little bit? You know, you definitely want to speak up for different issues, for sure. But you definitely want to take a break also. Uh, What do you think about that, Melissa?
3: um, yeah, no, I agree with Jillian where I do the same thing where I'll get into like a mindless scroll and I'll be- <laughs> and it's mostly on TikTok now where I'm like none of yeah. these videos are hitting for me, like I'm not enjoying any of these, but I'm still watching. Um, and so for me, like with Instagram especially is I delete the app off my phone for like a couple of weeks at a time sometimes, especially when I realize that I'm starting to have that comparison mentality where i'm like oh this person is traveling they're going here or this person is doing this in life like what am i doing i'm like i gotta start doing this and i get in my head about it and i'm like i need to stop you know yeah. like i just need to stop and so i'll take those breaks off of social media but it's just off of instagram i have yet to delete tiktok since i downloaded it so
0: a good thing or bad thing melissa
1: i don't know we're still figuring that out yeah Yeah. (laughs) as people i
0: I kind of um i refuse to get tiktok like instagram is my most uh social media thing really Mm -hmm. uh for me it's mostly i don't really check out like like how you said like people's lives like things like it's more for like news and stuff like Mm -hmm. that like things going on in the world so that's kind of different But at the same time, I I feel the same way, like, I need a break, like, uh, because it is a lot of information out there. Mm -hmm. So and, and, you know, you're reading so much. And like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, if you just take that time to check out a few posts, it's like, it's a lot of information. And it it is, you do have a, I don't know if there's, I I mean, possibly addiction, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, It's become a part of our lives. We uh, like it's a daily thing for me. Like I try not to be on it all the time. I don't really have a problem. It's just kind of like a go to, Mm
4: -hmm. but
0: but I do like to make uh, uh, breaks in there. Sometimes sometimes I get to the point where I'm like I don't even want to look at it anymore. (laughs) I just need a break.
2: And I mean, you're kind of hitting on a really interesting point, which is like taking breaks from social media. Um, You know, social media is this coping strategy and you can compare it to addiction, you can compare it to all of these things. And I, I compare it a lot to like a tool in a toolbox or like a coping strategy because um, what I find is I'm using social media more when I'm like stressed out mm-hmm. and I don't have energy to like go out with my friends or I don't have energy to, you know, come up with something to do that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm bored, but I don't have, you know, I'm, I don't have the energy to do anything about it. And so it's like a coping strategy that has, you know, these good aspects and it is comforting, mm-hmm. especially to have um, when you're stressed, but it's also this double-edged sword of like, okay, when does it stop? You know, when you're, you know, when you're done being stressed, do you go out? And so recently, instead of just like, stopping using social media, I've started putting in other coping strategies. So I've started going for walks on the at the desert preserve, I've started like having conversations with my mom about, um, you know, top, finding topics that we're both interested in, mm-hmm. inviting my friends out places more often, and things like that. And, you know, even though none of those are directly related to social media, they've all like reduced the, the amount of time that I spend just mindlessly scrolling.
1: That, that's really cool. Because we all know social media has been a way of coping for a lot of the youth in Annal Valley. And sometimes that's fun because you're connecting with family members out of state or whatever, you know, and there's definitely positives. positives. I know AVPH has promoted all their opportunities as far as like food pantry, youth events, um, holiday um, gifts that we are giving out, you know, a lot of amazing things, but at the same time, like you're right, how else are you coping? So even for me, we could kind of just go down the line. For me, coping was, I just needed to step outside and get some sun. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely, that's that so important.
1: Day. Yeah, I'm, I'm such a advocate for people getting some sun because it worked on me. I think uh, when, People would tell me, oh, you need to get some sun. What are you talking about? I'm fine. It's lit in here. It's like, I got my blinds open. Artificial but when lighting. when you get like that sun, there's just like good vibes that come with, with it. So that's the way I coped. And recently, I kind of just, I'll be walking outside and I'll tell my family, you know what? Everyone be quiet for 30 seconds. Just be quiet 30 seconds. We did this at the zoo the other day. And after the 30 seconds, I asked them like, what were some things you heard? And then they are telling me, oh, I didn't even know it was windy. The trees were blowing and I heard mm-hmm. some birds over there. It might be super cheesy, but like it helps even myself just kind of pause and appreciate the moment and where I am at that moment. Because everything is not always need. You don't always need to refresh the feed. Mm-hmm. So what are some other ways you cope, Armand?
0: Um, well, like you said, definitely uh, going outside the sun. Um uh personally i like to uh skateboard <laughs> i haven't been skateboarding in a bit but uh you know walking the dogs um mm-hmm. uh, definitely drawing mm-hmm. drawing is a good one especially when we do our uh our workshops that ha- that helps me to get going mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm grateful for that and honestly yeah this needs to um you know, have break times as well, but video games too. Video mm-hmm. games uh, are a stress reliever.
1: <laughs> and even for us, before we go to Melissa, for us as a department, we're adult working professionals. We spend time playing video games together as a team. And that might be weird to a lot of people, but during that time we're playing video games, we're engaging about the week, we're asking how each other's is doing. And it's away from like that grind of everyday work mm-hmm. and inputting data information and like i i believe that it's okay to just take a break from your daily task for a moment i mean i came from an environment where i had a phone on my hip and everyone knew where i was eight to 12 hours a day on my work shift mm-hmm. and that became exhausting i mean you go outside for your break lunch they're still calling you it doesn't stop so that really made me be- made me become a leader and an advocate for just taking a break and i welcome what i welcome my team to come play mario kart or rocket league um together because conversation happens Mm -hmm. and then other times i say let's you know go outside go outside and get some sun so Mm -hmm. yeah i feel that how about you melissa um
3: yeah no i think we all have very similar ones where We want to get outside. So for me, it was especially lately was taking my dog to the dog park and stuff. That was a really big one because it wasn't just like me going outside on my own. It was me engaging with people who had common interests being their dog, you know. Um, And then I think a lot of it also was like just finding things to do even in the house, like when peak COVID and stuff, when we couldn't really go out that much. I was like, okay, what am I going to do in the house? I picked up hobbies. On hobbies, on hobbies, and do I do all of those now? No, but they helped me during that like time, Um, and yeah, and just like with social media, it was a really big coping thing for me. But then the news started to saturate it too much, and it became less enjoyable for me. Where it was like, especially on TikTok, as of lately, where you're scrolling through, you see something funny, and then you see something about the news, and you're like, how am I supposed to laugh? Mm -hmm. about one thing and then the news shows me something you know
2: horrible Um, and I mean I think that's a really interesting um aspect of social media that I think I don't think people talk about or think about enough is like there's entertainment and there's news and in the past it would be you know or on different platforms Mm -hmm. it's those are separate issues you know you Mm -hmm. if you go looking for reading the news you can read the news and if you go looking for entertainment you can find entertainment but if you go looking for entertainment you wouldn't find news Mm -hmm. or you wouldn't have to engage with that Mm -hmm. but you know with social media it's so merged and it's like serious and then funny and then serious and then funny or you know it it, you know personal versus versus global and and all of these different things that don't really go together
1: Mm -hmm. yeah no definitely and there's a lot of other insecurities that come up also when a lot of people invest so much into social media I was kind of going through this quote right now and it really made a lot of sense Uh, I do have a teenage daughter so this is something I kind of worry about and I have to teach her you know you don't need to look like anyone else you don't need your life doesn't look like need to look like anyone else's social media feed but this quote is pretty cool it says the reason why we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel Mm -hmm. and that kind of really just stuck out because we we are in the world of comparison all the time um sometimes social media takes us down that rabbit hole but I would just encourage like young people, you know, your, your own story is valuable, you know, live an unfiltered life, just be you, uh, be the best version of yourself. And it's hard because we talk to a lot of young people and they do get caught up in this comparison Mm -hmm. part of social media. And like I said, social media is not bad. It just depends how we're utilizing this tool. And I believe it can be used for great things. Social media, has created over 200,000 jobs across the United States, which is really big. I mean there's professional uh, full-time social media people that are posting for agencies every day. You know, and that's amazing to me. You know, that's really cool I think that it created that space. But I also think we just need to be mindful of how we're using that platform and making sure we our mental health is in a good space.
0: Yeah, and I just want to say, like you said, uh, it's a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, not anybody, nobody's life is, you know, that crazy or that exciting twenty four seven. That they're they're showing their, you know, their the exciting moments, which is fine. But you know, every we we all have, you know, the downsides to our lives, and mm-hmm. you're not going to post about that. So it's I think it's just important to remember that you know, we we all go through the same things and, you know, maybe other people do have more exciting lives, but uh you know, we, we all go through the same up and downs.
2: Yeah. And I mean, that's, A lot of people are talking more nowadays about things like parasocial relationships, where you think you do know everyone from this highlight reel, or, you know, people are sharing more than just the highlight reel, they're sharing their struggles. And that makes people relate to them. But it also makes them think they know everything about that person. And, you know, you can, it's really difficult to have a social media presence where, um, you know, either you have a highlight reel, or people are going to think, they know you like personally Mm -hmm. um and they know everything about you and there's definitely like a middle ground there that um you know you don't have to go you don't you don't have to go for either extreme in order to be like present on social media
3: i'm glad you brought that up sorry david Um, oh no go ahead melissa just because i was talking to a youth not too long ago and they were like i have to post on social media like i have this many followers like I post daily. They they're expecting me to post. And it's kind of like people start seeing social media as like you owe the audience yeah. something, but yeah. it's like you really don't. No. And so it's I think your page. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's just finding that balance and kind of reminding yourself that like you can post if you want, but you don't have to. You don't owe these strangers
2: anything. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that just like isn't separate that should be in social media of like business and people who need to post because it's their career mm-hmm. versus you know people who are um you know aspiring to be that and they want it to be their career versus people who are just posting for their friends or posting for their um you know two thousand followers or whatever and they're having a good time
1: do you, do you think that should be a platform that's separate or do you think that that should be just choices that we make who's on our list um I don't know. I mean, Neither we're seeing
2: <laughs> we're seeing it's a hard question. We're seeing yeah. a lot of people on like moving to Patreon or moving to paid like tier services. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's their professional career um and they're providing content for a fee, that might be something that's important to them, but people who make all of their money off of ad revenue don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to say you know, kick off all the Instagram fit, fitness influencers because they're, um, you know, advertising this workout gear or whatever so that I can, you know, so that I can talk to my friends on Instagram. I don't think that's fair, but also, right. um, you know, having, it's it's a difficult question because I think at, on some level it is like the individual responsibility to just be aware of what you're consuming. And then on some level, it's like maybe these things need to be separate a little bit more. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking of that question. I I think about even myself when I was younger, if I had social media, how I would respond with it and just being real transparent. But when I was younger, I was one of those youth that I would have been influenced by that next big thing. I was always worried about what everyone thought about me. You know, that's the space I was in as a young person. So it's just interesting if I jumped in the wrong area, it could lead me down a dangerous path sometimes and i think i think it's almost like a case-by-case scenario it's like where are people right now where where are you can you handle this when you scroll you might see something that's just not good so are you putting on those filters are you putting the precautions in your settings and all that but there's so much that goes along with it um it's just so much And i know there's books on all of this Mm -hmm. it's crazy there's so many social media navigation tools which is great but there's so much so it can become information overload as well Mm -hmm. just learning about these platforms
2: and i think it's definitely the difference between like seeking out this information like these books that are social media guides and Mm -hmm. then um my generation which was kind of force-fed this kind of outdated method of social media usage or, or using the internet as in general like you know don't tell anyone even your first name don't tell anyone um you know anything about you your favorite color anything because it can all be used to track you and now people are like sharing all of these intimate details about their life and it's like I'm not sure if it worked or if it backfired um but you know there there are all of these there's so much information to learn about social media but a lot of it is a lot of it is discussing social media from an outsider's perspective Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really take into account the impact of being immersed in it all the time Mm -hmm. and I think it's it's really interesting um you know I haven't I haven't looked at any of these books but I'd be super interested in learning about them or reading them because you know everyone has a different perspective Mm
1: -hmm. yeah definite definite no it's so much information like I said there's a lot of good too I know I have family really far away I'm able to connect with them Mm -hmm. uh, through messenger and uh, just see what they're doing through the week and I I used to be with them like when I was a kid, so it's just really cool to see like where they're at right now and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I definitely see the plus sides. Um, Businesses have grown. Um, It's connected a younger generation that was disconnected during COVID. Mm -hmm. So it (laughs) it has played a positive role, but I think it is case by case, you know, where is that youth when they shut the doors and they go to their room and they're scrolling, what are they taking in? Mm -hmm. You know, what are they allowing to go into their mind and their thoughts? You know, it's, it's, it's just interesting. The conversation is so diverse. I feel like the conversation is endless. When I first had social media, I was on MySpace, and the greatest thing I ever did was I learned how to code my background. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to like do all these cool backgrounds. The top things I would put on my front page was my top five songs, my favorite color my first, last name, and then I would put like my favorite highlights of sports. And that was like my page right there. And, and you, you can't forget that so you're top now. It's five so friends. Intricate. It's almost like a job application. Yeah. Mm. Anyone else re- remember MySpace or is it just me?
3: Yeah, I was on MySpace probably way too early. I was in like the sixth, fifth grade, fifth grade going into sixth grade. And my I went to my friend's house and she goes, wow. she goes, hey, I have a computer. And I got on MySpace. And I did the coding of the background, changed the little mouse to so be something oh, cute. Yes. Um, had my, it was so important. The top five friends that you list on there was so
1: important. And Tom. And Tom. Tom was the top friend yeah. all the time. <laughs> he was super smart for that. No one's ever gonna outfriend that guy. Yeah. Tom he was a genius. Props to you, Tom, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you I could see us. this.
0: I could see the mm-hmm. top friends being a problem too. Mm-hmm. Once your friends know.
1: Oh yeah,
3: it was dramatic. Oh. It could, yeah. Oh my
2: gosh, yeah, I good? never, oh. I never had a MySpace account, but I'm definitely like aware of the impact it had mm-hmm. on you know people who are a couple years older than me. Um, That's a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean social media has done a lot of great things in even in my life like I've made lifelong friends um I even like I'm applying to colleges I'm getting you know college um decision letters right now wow. and there's a lot of social media groups that are related to you know kids who are going to this school or people who apply to this school um or like people who need roommates and you know maybe don't know anyone who's going to that school so um you know it's it's been it's fantastic but at the same time it you need there there needs to be control and awareness of what you're yeah. taking in
1: yeah you 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 touched on a really great point because like we said social media is not all bad and really it's not there's great things that happen mm-hmm. I definitely love that and just for young people like listening to this parents guardians listening to this you definitely want to let the younger generation know it's be mindful of what they post because mm-hmm. nowadays your potential employer, your potential college, yeah. they are looking at your social media. I remember when I applied for a job once I was asked to assign it to all my social medias and I was like, why this is weird. I didn't <laughs> expect this. And I had to leave the room and they dug through all my social medias. And luckily, like I would just put at the time, I would just put like really goofy stuff. I would put like funny videos, pictures of my family and it it was just really weird it felt like my space was being invaded but that's the reality is people learn who you are through social media partially yeah Mm -hmm. and we really have to be mindful of what we're posting we're not saying be someone that you're not but at the same time like really think twice sometimes before you post Mm -hmm. is that something good is it healthy is it beneficial And even as adults, we don't take the time to do that all the time. I know I don't. Um, But I think if we could be more mindful of what we post and just be aware that it could affect the road ahead of us, you know? And I know for me, I actually was able to connect with my college when I was in college. Um, I was able to ask like, hey, what's going on? This assignment, this and that. We have like a group. It was so beneficial. It definitely helped me get my master's. So yeah. I definitely see the plus side.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And I have, you know, I have group chats with people in my classes. I have, you know, a whole thing for in case people need like homework help or things like that. And so it's it's definitely a double-edged sword. And it's just about, um, you know, being aware of how you're consuming media, what media you're consuming, and then you know, making sure you're you're engaging with content that is um appropriate and relevant to your life you know you don't you don't need to be you know engaging with something that is not benefiting you
1: yeah you know what I used to what I was watching a lot during COVID and this might be super nerdy but I'm totally cool with that is I would watch YouTube and I would watch movie trailers that were fan-made
4: mm, and, and Yeah. because, because <laughs> the
1: movie studios closed I loved watching them because it just gave me hope that there would be something great that was coming out. Um, I was like, okay, are we going to do another Avengers? Are we doing this, that? Are they going to reboot the office TV show? Like what is happening? So I I would watch a lot of those and I would get myself so excited, even though I knew it wasn't real. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else do that? (laughs) oh absolutely
2: i think i mean fan content is the entire reason i love the internet and it's you know it's something that i have been engaging with for a very very long time in different you know different spheres and um everything and it's how i've again I've, i've met some really close friends based on you know being fans of the same thing or you know following the same people and it's it's absolutely fantastic the amount of effort people will put into make just making things you know and and making beautiful things and fun things so yeah i think that's one of that's one of my absolute favorite parts about the internet is just the communities that can develop
1: you were gonna say something melissa
3: um yeah so i used to really enjoy watching not like fan made like trailers and stuff but music videos where people take a song and they do like um Mm. an anime clip and stuff like that those get me so hype. And I'm like, it makes me want to watch these animes. And then I start. And I'm like, mm, I'll just watch the, the music video. <laughs> but yeah, love fan made content. So good.
0: I remember the same thing. Yeah, there's some cool Dragon Ball Z ones. It's just, yeah, they, they that's the thing. They're giving you the best uh, highlights with, uh, with the cool music. So mm-hmm. yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't match the show. Yeah, yeah. I remember being mad. Sometimes, when I think a real movie's coming out, but it's fan
1: made, <laughs> I would get mad too. That's so yes. funny. Yes. All the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know what? Through social media, actually, I guess we could consider like Xbox Live as social media, kind of, you know? Because mm-hmm. people are connecting, they don't see each other, they could comment. It's totally different, like the gaming platforms, which leads to like Discord, Twitch, <laughs> all kinds of cool things. But I met one of my best friends through Xbox Live. I had a friend that told me, you know what, I I said I was like the best at Madden. Um, and then he's like, no, I have a friend that's the best at Madden. Everyone's the best at Madden. I yeah. <laughs> so I played him, and he destroyed me really bad. Like, I'm honestly admitting <laughs> that. He beat me really bad. It was like 47 to 10. It was just embarrassing. <laughs> But after that, we just kept messaging each other, hey, you want to play again? And then eventually we got on the headsets. You got to build up to that comfort mm-hmm. of yeah. putting the headset on and talking to someone. And mm-hmm. this dude, he became like one of my best friends. Like two years after that, he tore his ACL and he needed like just some more help. So he stayed with my family and I. And he okay. lived in our house for about a year. And we're still like brothers to this day. Um, He moved out of state and everything, but we're super tight to this day. So I got to say, like, I can definitely, I definitely believe that great things can happen from these platforms, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you're making sure you're in a healthy space, like mentally, and you're able to go into conversations and not let the conversation absorb you as a person Mm -hmm. at times, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it absolutely, absolutely depends on like how old you are. Because I know a lot of people now are dealing with the impacts of like um, of little kids finding, you know, they want to watch like Minecraft videos or they want to watch gaming videos, but they're coming across content that is gaming related, but it's not for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I was reading recently about how a lot of it has um, like political messaging in it that, you know, kids are too young to understand Mm -hmm. the context behind any of that. And how, you know, all of these videos are being used as a way to, um, or can be used as a way to, you know, make make children think differently or, or can, can impact the ch- um, children's development. And so oh it's gosh. absolutely just about, you know, being competent in social media circles and being aware and able to Make decisions on your own in social media circles, for sure. And, and that could
1: be a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah. You just touched on right there. So true. Go ahead, Melissa. I uh, think you were going.
3: Yeah, just based off of that, because I know social media has like a age, like are you older than? But like, mm-hmm. what do you guys think the appropriate age to start social media is for kids?
2: Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know.
0: Well,
3: <laughs>
2: um, well,
0: my daughter. She's 14 and I don't want her to. <laughs> yeah,
2: I started, I started going on social media, probably like for real when I was about 12. Um, and I think I, again, social media has done a lot of great things for me. I've met a lot of great people um, and I've had a lot of great experience that is, experiences that I would not have otherwise had. I think I was too young. I was too young, especially to be just like given unrestricted access to everything. But I also know people who are like, yeah, I've been on the internet since I was 10. And, um, you know, I have all of these skills. And I've never had, um, you know, a super bad experience or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I I think it really depends on the person. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, It's kind of like what you're saying. Um, It all goes down to our control, Mm -hmm. our discipline and you know, when you're really young, I mean, adults struggle with it. So little mm-hmm. kids gonna yeah. struggle even more.
2: I had to do a uh, presentation in my French class about social media. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what I talked about was like, how is this impacting really little kids or even just like preteens?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, definite, definite. I feel like this should be like a multi-part series. On social oh, media. For sure. I mean, there's so many different ways it can go. You you touched on some great areas, Jillian, Melissa and Armand, mm-hmm. but um, kind of leaving this thought and maybe we will do a second part. Mm-hmm. If everyone wants to do that, I think that would be really yeah. good. But one thing I would say to young people is your social media life should reflect your real life. Mm-hmm. It should reflect who you are as a person, as a human being. And there's no life that's better than your real life lived outside of social media. Mm-hmm. So focus on that the most. And make sure your circle of influence is healthy in the social media space, even around you physically, make sure you have a healthy community around you that promotes you in a healthy space. Because we all know, I mean, there's so many different social media groups out there. You definitely want to be in the right ones. I know I'm part of like yard sale ones because I, <laughs> I like to look for things for my house and different things like that. But I've seen people get influenced in unhealthy ways and cope in unhealthy ways during COVID. And we want the best for the young people in the AV, mm-hmm. but just kind of going around real quick, um, I just want to encourage some young people that might be struggling in this space, might be trying to figure out what this space looks like for them. They might be brand new to social media, you know, and they're just thrown into it. Mm-hmm. So how would you encourage those young people as they navigate through this? Oh. Uh, we could go to Jillian first.
2: For sure, I would absolutely say, pay attention to how what you're watching makes you feel pay attention to all of the emotions all of the physical sensations everything um you know if you're excited if you're happy if you're bored if you're sad pay attention to um all of the all of the feelings that you have about social media because like you know i like i you guys know what is good and what is bad and it's just about figuring out how it makes you feel and acting according to um, your values and beliefs
1: mm-hmm. that's good thank you Melissa
2: um, yeah I I agree
3: that like social media like I tell a lot of even my clients my family members that are getting on social media I'm like I see you're spending hours and hours and hours on it and I'm like I'm not telling you to get off social media but be mindful of how long you're on it because you're you're not living life when you're just on social media and so you know, Post what you want to post. Make sure it reflects who you are as a person. Does it make you feel good when you post it? Do the things you see on social media make you feel good? And if it's not making you feel good, then what are you doing about it kind of thing? Um, rather than just saying, ah, oh, you know, like this is making me sad or this is making me insecure, but you're still looking at it. Kind of take action to, to yeah. do something different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for me, I would say... You know, first of all, decide if you really, you know, want to do social media, if it's something you want to do, Mm -hmm. or if it's something you're just doing because of friends. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even if you do decide to do it, like we were talking about earlier, um, you shouldn't have that pressure to Mm -hmm. feel like you need to post a certain amount of times per day or Mm -hmm. per week, whatever it is. Um, It's really your choice. You know, it's your page to do with what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the freedom of it. So just um, you know, like we we're saying, just make sure you're posting what you really want to, and try not to let other people, um, you know, persuade you to do otherwise.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I appreciate all of you, uh, and just kind of closing out, thank you to one of the most amazing young leaders in the Animal Valley, Jillian, for <laughs> coming in and having this dialogue with us. I'm pretty sure we're going to have you back so we could. Do oh, part absolutely. Because this conversation goes so deep, and I think you touched on just the adolescent part earlier. And I'd love to dig into that also. I, I think that's a conversation even that can support parents and mm-hmm. um, help them figure this out too. You know, it's a lot of them are saying like uh, shut, shut off the phone and all this and I get it. But at times it was used as punishment. Yeah. During COVID, they were locked in the house
4: mm-hmm. and we
1: don't want to take everything away when they're already locked in a house. So mm-hmm. how can we, help mediate that a little bit to a healthy space but thank you all this was fun i learned a lot about social media i feel like the more we talked the less i knew (laughs) (laughs) but this was fun thank you all very much and if you anyone out there needs any support for their young people uh their family please reach out to animal Valley partners for health that's why we exist that's why we're here we're in lancaster and yeah until next time we'll see y'all later yeah. Hi everyone. Bye. Bye.